The following show features episodic breakdowns of Jackass, either performed by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. For your safety, avoid listening to this podcast at all times. Hi, I'm Mikey Aaronworth. I'm Jason Wellwood. And I'm Chris Aaronworth. Welcome to Jackass. It's the podcast where we're on a path of destruction through every single episode of Jackass. We are just three, but this time two lifelong fans of the show reliving the belly laughs, bad ideas, and broken bones. And I say two because our loving friend, and now it sounds like I'm giving a eulogy of some sort of like an obituary. (laughs) He's my brother, but he's also my friend. Uh, uh, He's not joining us. Chris is sick. Uh, By his own quote, he had too many Asian chicken wings. Or chicken tenders. Mm. He said he had over a hundred of them, and he was just been shitting all night long. So uh, that feels like a weird, uh, like like the like the skim milk challenge we saw from the last season of Jackass. Like Chris did that to himself, but he did send me a fun fact of the day, uh, and that is uh, a fun fact of the day. Uh, from when this, this came out, he, obviously this is Chris not doing the full amount of the work, but he didn't send me the actual day it occurred on, but he did say the day that this episode came out a suicide bomb. Fucking Chris, why are you making me be the one to say this? <laughs> you didn't, you didn't read it first. You didn't no, try to, I you thought know, it'd be fun if I just pulled it up the... when we went. Oh, got it. Okay. Well now, <laughs> now there's going to be video and audio of me saying this, uh, Uh-oh. which is not going to be fun. <clears throat> A, now I'm going to laugh. Okay. All right. A suicide bombing in central Moscow at 11 a.m. local time kills six people and wounds 13 others. The police reports that one of the dead bombers has been, been identified as a woman. And that's Chris's fun fact of the day. And I listen, guys. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I, th- this isn't helping me. Oh, holy fuck. Jay, why don't you take us into this week's episode? Because I don't want to I don't want to have to face the music on that one. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I, I'd say that uh, after 100 Asian chicken wings, Chris probably had a little bit of a suicide bombing himself. Oh, hey, too soon there we to make go. that kind of joke. And what one of the I, victims what was a I woman. Doing? What? <laughs> it's like he's not here. I'm trying to account for saying terrible things because there's going to be a lack of it in this episode. I don't know. We'll but, see. We'll uh, see how it goes. This episode is yet another foray into the world of Bam Margera with Viva La Bam Season 1, Episode 3. We are looking at an interesting one here today. Uh, you know, we've seen... We've seen a house party at BAMS in episode one, one revolving around skateboarding. And then we got to see a huge feast of Don't Feed Phil at the end. What if we took those two ideas and kind of combined them for episode three? Because that's kind of what this feels like. We get uh, some of the crew back from episode one. We get our our ramp builder. Um, Forgive me, I'm going to have to check fact check his name i don't remember it at the moment but he's the guy who built all the skate ramps in the house he's here uh we've got all sorts of people coming over today but why why do we want to have everybody over at the margera house today it's a family reunion of all things and you can already imagine i'm sure you're all picturing the types of characters that are going to be showing up to this one uh but we got to do a little redecorating first so let's set this up here before we jump into i want to step back one one quick step to the intro music one more time because every time i have something i want to say about the intro as well every time i watch this 
it's like the intro makes me feel equal parts like one i'm a part of the family and two i'm struggling with the fact that eventually i could quite possibly end up liking this song and much worse <laughs> like this whole genre of music you know not not out of like personal choice but rather just a sort of like stockholm syndrome situation yeah I, i'm just deathly afraid of the person i will become if that happens is dude all i saying. totally agree the first time i heard this song i fucking hated it and now i find myself singing it in the shower to myself which is just it's not helping my sanity in any sense um i also love uh because they kind of go through all the different whatever characters people who are in the show and they, they get them to do something that shows off their personality and and i find it so adorable that when they go to april uh, bam's mom and they're like hey you get to show off a bit of your personality and she does the baton twirling thing because it's like clear that was a big <laughs> part of her identity back in high school she was probably a part of like sure. a, a marching band or something like that and it's just so or gymnastics maybe and it just it's so endearing and adorable and i'm like oh yeah. This poor sweet woman is going to get taken advantage of by her own son, her only loving son, or actually not her only son, but her loving son, supposedly. It's kind of like they shot all, all of that before they knew what the show was going to be. It's kind of yeah. like a, it's kind of like a Marge Simpson using a vacuum cleaner as a weapon in the Simpsons mm-hmm. arcade game type of situation, you know? Yeah, you never see her using a vacuum cleaner otherwise in the show, but he, she does kick the ass of half of Springfield in the arcade game with yeah. one. Did this did this episode give you the sense, Jay, that uh, especially in the last couple bits, that this whole thing was about Bam showing off to his family? Like no one, it fe- I feel like no one wanted to do this, <laughs> yeah. and he just wanted to be like, "Look how fucking rich and cool I am." And yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. There's a part in the very end of the episode we'll get to where I kind of had a moment where I, I was feeling a lot like you're 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 feeling right now about yeah, just kind of like, dude. Yes. I just want to go in there and ask, what are we doing here, guys? What is this? I know exactly what you're talking about, and I can't <laughs> wait to go into depth on that. Uh, but before we get to party planning here, a couple things to open the episode. You know, you need something light and fluffy to kind of get you in the mood, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the wonderful world of bees, a public service oh, announcement, if you will. Uh, we get Bill Nye, the beekeeper guy, on screen here. <laughs> uh, now, I remember Chris talking about this on an earlier episode of our podcast, and I knew it when I saw it. Um, yeah. This is Rake Yon coming in. And this is one that we referred to earlier as being, it's known notoriously as Digital Bees. Digital and Bees. God, I fucking love Digital Bees, man. Um, fucking hell. It's so why, good. Mikey, why, why don't you set us up and tell, tell the audience exactly what, what this is? So basically, they want to trick Rake into uh, hitting a real beehive with bees, but they know he's never going to do it. So what they say is they couldn't afford, I think, or they couldn't wrangle the bees together. So what they're going to do is have him hit a fake beehive, and then they're going to digitally put the bees in, and all (laughs) Rake has to do is run around and pretend like he's being stung. And they bring him in, like, bit by bit to do more and more, just making it more and more uncomfortable for him. Like the fact that he comes in with a checkered shirt, and bam, starts to say (laughs) about like he's like he's like yo the 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 shirt is tricking the camera it's not it's not reacting properly so why don't you take that off and that just makes him shirtless so the real bees are going to sting his real ass fucking skin and 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 that this whole like lead up to it, it you know when when we uh jay were doing jackass 2 and there was the the prank with uh with danger aaron when he's he's got the pube beard on his face and he thinks that everyone's laughing at his accent and everything like that but really people are laughing at the fact that they're in on a joke that he isn't in on this had that same vibe to it and the whole time i was fucking giddy to be able to see rake's reaction in the end of it i i I was so happy about this one yeah totally the whole thing feels kind of like um i don't know it feels like 
there's a couple things that put up red flags for me. It's like the pinata, uh, they have a pinata set up or, or something, yeah. right? Like, and they pull it and replace it with the beehive. And, and I, I'm just thinking, like, wouldn't you hear a bunch of bees as soon as they made that swap once he's blindfolded? Like, you would know, hey, that's weird. What, what's that buzzing sound, you know? But, like, he just starts swinging anyway. Uh, the blindfold comes off and he realizes what's happened. But, like, I'm just kind of wondering what's going through his mind. Like, how... I don't know. I feel like this would be hard to like, unless you're just completely oblivious or I don't know. Hung I totally over or agree. I, 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 I had that. I, and you know what? I wasn't going to bring it up because I'm usually the person who, yeah, who, I know. <laughs> who brings these things up. Uh, and I didn't want to ruin this one for you guys, but I did have that sense that like at the end of all of this, we as the viewer were the ones who were having one pulled over on us. And one of the main reasons I say this is that when they show him hitting the beehive at the end of this, from what would have been another angle. It's a different swing, a different beehive and everything, which means he's hit the beehive more than once. So like there was an element of staging here. And, and I think one time he just knew that the bees were actually going to come. And he's like, oh fuck, okay, you guys got me. Now I'm going to pretend like I'm not getting the bee sting. At first I thought I was going to pretend to be getting stung. Now I'm yeah. going to pretend to not know <laughs> that I'm about to be stung. It's this real meta, it folds in on itself. Yeah. It's like we're watching fucking Inception by the end of this one. I, I feel better picking apart Viva La Bam in this manner than I do Jackass. Cause I really want to believe that Jackass, you know, they're going all in. They're not doctoring it. Cause mm -hmm. that shit's supposed to be raw. I can see yeah. them getting away with that from time to time here. You kind of have to for entertainment's sake so who knows maybe the bees were real maybe they actually were digital bees and the joke was really on us all along. that would have been hilarious the, the one the one thing i really want to draw attention to here is it, well two things one is the fact that when i think there was a singular moment of rake not knowing there were real bees and then getting the first sting and that confusion in his head you can kind of see it but his reaction is to first smack the beehive again out of frustration which to me is so <laughs> like lizard brain that I can't yeah. help but love it. And the second thing is once the bees get in his hair, which would be terrible, he headbangs to get them out. And I'm like, who knew headbanging <laughs> would be a skill you actually needed at some point in your life? Yeah, the perfect guy to, to get in on that one. Yeah. Uh, but we, we need to let this family reunion begin. We have a lot of planning to do before the big day. And this is the first appearance, and quite randomly, I must say, of a new character on Viva La Bam. I'm not even certain if we ever see him again. I can't remember. <laughs> But this is Compton Ass Terry. Mm -hmm. Now, he's here, baby. He's pretty much a part of the family. Um, according to Bam, he took a wrong turn into Compton and came home with Compton <laughs> Ass Terry. I, I don't know the backstory, like the real backstory as to how these two met, but uh, he's on the show and he's with us for, for much of it. He's a crazy character. This guy's always hopping around, fucking I fucking dancing. love his energy. I love his energy, his energy. so much. I don't yeah. love the energy around Compton Ass Terry. It feels a little bit like Bam Margera when he's around Compton Ass Terry doesn't talk the same way. He doesn't act the same way. All of a sudden, all jokes are about bling bling. Like that's the major punchline in the episode. It feels a little bit uh, uh, like they're taking advantage of him kind of or yeah, like it feels it a little exploitative in a way that we probably wouldn't have noticed in the 90s, but is very, very apparent here. So take everything we're about to say about about Compton Ass Terry and his presence in this episode with a grain of salt, understanding that we're aware of the context here. But I want to yeah. say just objectively, he is a very funny person and I want to be his fucking friend. Like he has a great energy, this frenetic, like nonstop pacing. That's what I was like in my like early twenties, yeah. late, late teens. Like I fucking, I, 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 I identify with this guy a lot. Oh man. He's always hopping around. He's like, he's got the best catchphrases. Like he's, he's nailing off one liners the whole show. Yeah. It's pretty good. But 
Yeah, I agree with you that I don't like the spotlight they're putting on him. And like, it feels like he's kind of a sideshow, like he's there yes, to laugh that's at. That's a good way to say it. Yes. I don't, I don't really like that either. And I also don't, back to that quote, I don't really like the way Bam phrased it when he said, I took a wrong turn into Compton and came yeah. home with him. It feels, yeah, it feels wrong. I don't like, you know. Well, especially. What's especially wrong with just introducing the dude and like, hey, this is one of my friends. Exactly I know him it. from, you know. Whatever. His whole thing, his whole thing is that, I mean, even in his name, Compton Ass Terry, his whole thing is that he's a black guy from a bad neighborhood. And it's yeah. like, he is a pro skater. I looked him up. I was curious yeah. about this guy. He is a pro skater. He's actually got a crazy story behind him. He, he showed up in a couple of these shows here and there, some reality shows. He did some stuff. He was a pro skater. But in, in June 2005, he was shot twice, but he recovered. And currently, he's facing a murder charge oh, fuck. over a fellow skater, Josiah uh, Kashan, I think I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, but he's facing a murder charge right now. So this guy went downhill after this. I'm not going to yeah. say Viva La Bam had anything to do with it, but holy shit, from this fun loving guy to, uh, uh, he's got some, 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 uh, he caught a body, I guess is what, you, is what Chris would say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Here in spirit. Uh, <laughs> we got to We got to keep moving on though. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, Tim Glom was the name of the ramp builder. I yes. was trying to think of earlier. So he's here. He's going to build us some, not skate ramps this time. Uh, they want to convert the house into a castle, you see. Love it. Just totally it. reasonable. They're, they're thinking about what they're going to do here. They're, they're drafting out the plan. You know, they, they've got like 20 people coming over. And, and as Bam puts it, they're full of that heavy uh, Margera DNA, you know. Yeah. So uh, we need a big <laughs> castle door, something that can really, uh, something with big, strong hinges, you know. How about a drawbridge, someone suggests. And here we go. We're off to the races. This is happening. Uh, Bam's philosophy here is basically just like fuck up the house now. So we have no choice but to fix it it's later. And that's such a Bam mentality. And I loved it. Yeah, so they just get in there and start wrecking shit. Of course, of course, Ape gets mad, and you know she was not told about the drawbridge or 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 the the moat. Oh yeah, there's a moat too. Yeah. So uh, uh, Bam's blueprints, and they make an oh, appearance here. We referenced this so on the good. show. Uh, just a nice permanent marker drawing on a piece of scrap paper. And he Beautiful. shows that to Ape as though he's like, no, 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 don't, don't worry, mom. It's under control. We know what we're doing. And then shows this like shitty Sharpie drawing with stick figures, basically in a little notebook. I'm like, keep going back to the well on that joke. I really <laughs> like that joke. Yep. Ape may not like it, but uh, door construction will continue until morale improves. And uh, we get a bit of a dance montage here. You know, you have to take a break. Uh, dancing with Compton, Ass Terry and Bam Margera. Uh -huh. I, I, I felt inspired here. So a little bit of a little bit of poetry for you, for Ooh. the audience here, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. This is this is this is Dancing with Compton. <clears throat> <clears throat> dancing with Compton, Compton and Bam. Look at Phil's T-shirt. He still has a steamed ham. <laughs> and indeed he does. I'm glad he's just, you know, owning those hamburger shirts is all I I'm saying. I love that. I love how they keep showing up. I'm such a fan of that. It's amazing. Uh, um, you know what also, what stood out to me more than the dancing in this segment, we see two vehicles in it kind of bookending this segment. Ape's purple PT Cruiser and Bam's Hummer. Are there two vehicles that sum up the early 2000s better than those <laughs> no. two vehicles? This is such a time capsule of what our roads used to look like. Oh, dude, I was just going to say, too, the only thing that would make it more 2000s is if the PT Cruiser had flames on the side of it. Mm. And I think I accidentally am spoiling something that may or may yeah. not happen later <laughs> in the show. So. 
Um, it's it's man. amazing though, because uh, uh, we you know we talk about about um, what what the whole premise of this episode is, and it's essentially taking like just a weird idea and retrofitting an existing thing into becoming that idea, taking the house, turning it into a castle, and it really has this vibe of it. Like as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, they're just kind of copying Pimp My Ride, which is another MTV show. I'm like, okay, so what kind of not, and this is kind of an unoriginal idea. And then I thought, wait a second, when did Pimp My Ride come out? This episode came out in 2003. Pimp My Ride came out in 2004. Oh, was, shit. Was Bam responsible for inspiring the idea behind Pimp My Ride? Because that's what <laughs> oh, this man. feels like. I hope so. Yeah, you could see the whole, all of MTV going in this direction too, right? Yes, of this very exactly. specific editing style and presentation. So that's possible. I mean, it's it's quite possible. There's, you know, you search hard enough. There's probably an episode with him or one of the jackass guys in oh, there somewhere. Oh, in, in yes, 100. Yeah, percent And they're, they're calling him Compton Ass Exhibit, and you're like, dude, come on, what Just what are enough, we doing here? <laughs> oh, I made a wrong turn into yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, enough, enough. Uh, Compton Ass Terry rides an ATV into the the Audi. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oops, everybody loves it though. Like he's he's the most entertaining dude in the house, so I guess he can get away with just about anything at this point. Yes. Phil gets get some bling bling for the family reunion. So we got to hit we got to hit the road and go into town to make uh you know a bit of a shopping trip. We want to look good. They are asking everybody, where's the gold fronts? We need the gold fronts right now. Uh you get the word bling on screen at least 15 times so many in the segment. So it many just, times. It's, it's overkill, man. It's hard. It's hard to express to people though. Cause we can sit here and point fingers, but it's hard to express to people who didn't live through this era, how popular saying bling bling was at this point in time. Was it was it? a joke in every single movie. Yeah. Really? Like Jamie Kennedy, all of his movies had like bling bling in it. And I know, you know, whatever, we don't need to remember Jamie Kennedy's movies all that well, <laughs> but like bling bling was like a huge thing. Anytime you saw anyone with either like a really nice piece of jewelry or a real shit piece of jewelry ironically you would call it bling bling at least where i grew up it was just everyone was saying it yeah i don't know I, like with you and your your cowboy hats out in alberta yeah. like maybe no one's no one's saying bling bling but uh you, you didn't have any of those like rhinestone shirts that cowboys wear out there and people were, were were commenting on the bling of it yeah you know it took took us a while we're behind the times around the time that uh country and rap started mixing that's when yeah uh, it was already <laughs> yeah. a few years too late but uh yeah fair fair yeah, it was all new to us, Mikey. It was all new to us. <laughs> You're still getting more, uh, yeah. And I'm not even kidding. At our high school dances, they used to play that fucking save a horse, ride a cowboy all the time, and I hated it. Of course, of hated. course they did. Yeah, yeah. You know great, what else great I hated? For, for high school kids to uh, to dance around to. Oh, yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, those dances got really horny. We were way way too horny for the age group. Very inappropriate. And I think what's more concerning is some some of the teachers that were allowed to supervise. Uh, not naming any names, but if Uh-oh. you went to school with me, you know who. You know who. Oh, shit. Uh, All right. <laughs> listen, I, we got a family reunion coming up. We got to get back mm-hmm. to the house and finish this thing up, but uh, not without an, an Elvis pinky ring for Philip. Yes, yeah. Phil has taken a liking to an Elvis pinky ring, of course, and uh, he's bringing that home with him. Um, the Hummer drives away. We, you know, arrive, ho- arrive home. One more dance break. Why the fuck not? It seems like they really didn't have much to do in between in this episode. 100%. They, they, they dance didn't a lot. have any filler for it. Yeah. But they call the bulldozer company. They get uh, Deco on the phone. He just says bulldozer into a phone and then on a the bulldozer. Arrives on the yeah. flip phone as though it has Siri on it. He's just bulldozer and gets gets a bull. <laughs> like he does it to his credit. He fucking has a bulldozer on call on his flip phone. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Speed dial. Remember speed dial, Mike? Yeah, He's probably yeah. one. Of, probably number four. Uh, number know. four. Yeah, yeah. Everyone had had a bulldozer number four on speed dial for them. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> but let's remove some dirt, some plants and shit, and uh, get ready because, hey, look, our first family appearance, extended family, uh, it's Pop Pop, Bam's grandfather here. <laughs> As they're pulling a window out of the house, I don't know if you caught this, Mikey, he says, Top window coming down. <laughs> he was so weird, man. I want more of him. He seems like, like I know Don Vito is the easy choice to just have someone making dumb jokes and being easy to make fun of. Uh, but this guy, I don't know that he's aware of what's going on. So he just says facts loudly. Yeah. And that to me is very funny. I'll always watch someone do that. Yeah. Uh, Hummer backing up. <laughs> Hummer up. Walls going. Gotta poop. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a wonderful, wonderful man to have around. Uh, the drawbridge is next. They they raise it up, uh, you know, test it out. Seems to be working nicely. And uh, now we've got to have a little bit of an altercation with Ape one more time because this seems to be all that, like, the only conversations Bam and Ape have on the show so far are arguments, and this is yes. another one. He says, we're having a big dinner, which Ape... Uh, accuses Bam of being a liar. Liar! You would never do that. You would never have yeah. a big dinner. Yeah. I don't believe you. Uh, I don't know why she's so outraged by this, but uh, well, when she asked... Well, here's why is, is because I bet, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying, I bet Bam never wanted anything to do with his family, his his extended family, prior to this. And so she's like, what do you mean you're having our family? Why would you have our family? You would never want our family over. But now he's doing it to show off that uh, he ain't the Bam of, uh, of, of yesteryear anymore. You make a good point. Yeah, maybe there was some friction there, right? And she's like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. Like, I mean, she she asks, why would you want drama with your family? Which seems yeah, exactly. Like a, exactly. Is that a rhetorical question? I, I don't <laughs> understand why we're asking. But uh, hey, we've got around 30 relatives heading over. Um, Bam gives us a rundown of the two sides. So on mom's side, you've got the straight-laced crew. And on dad's side, according to Bam, this is an interesting fun fact. They grew up next to a power plant in Linewood, PA. Um, so Pam has a theory that everybody is fucked in the head because of the radiation. That's that's his his quote right there, not mine. It's it's funny. Like <laughs> this one's almost sad because it's like, yeah, like yeah, that's probably what it is. Like looking at them, you're like, mm, I, I can kind of see it. Like they're a they're a different bunch. They're a fucking different bunch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you, you see Vito, and that's enough to kind of you know, pique the interest and go, what, what's going on? I wonder if there's, there's more of these creatures out there. There and, are uh, so many more. They're probably we'll like out. you cut, you cut, cut off the head of one and three more grow out. I bet. And that's because <laughs> the power plant, that's a weird, weird morph. Christ. That's like a dark souls boss. There are characters in dark souls. You find that are supposed to be bloated corpses and they look like Don Vito <laughs> undoctored. See, I'm, I've never played Dark Souls, but uh, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> we need some tables and chairs, and uh, you know, pink lilies and fuchsia lilacs, and all those nice things that make a that make it make a family reunion really, really what it is. Um, so let's uh, let's put the finishing touches on because Castle Margera is now done, and in yeah. two hours everybody will be here, Mikey. Everybody. But first they have to get the food, which is why I don't understand why they're doing this two hours before. But uh, hey, it's a editing, bad call. It. Yeah, yeah. Here you got to give me your commentary on this next part. They're going to pillage ye old food shop. Let's go shopping in knight's armor. What do you think of the names here? Do you want to do? Did you write down any of the names? You want to, or you want me to no, rattle them out? Obviously, here? they were all so generic to me that I didn't want to comment on them. They were, they were like. I was expecting something more creative, but why don't you, why don't you rattle them off and, uh, and, and yeah. 
that's the thing. They're not creative. Like the exactly. budget clearly did not go into naming these guys, but everybody gets a <laughs> subtitle, you know, a freeze frame and a subtitle. You get uh, Sir Rab of himself, Sir Brandon yes. of Dick Amilo, Sir Ryan of Dunn, Sir Rake of Jonathan. You get the point. It's so, it's so missed opportunity. by numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, they go but in I did raid love, the shop. I did love this segment in general, just watching a bunch of people uh, clad up, uh, dressed up as knights, wreak havoc through the grocery store and, and the whole time i was wondering like how does mtv pay for something like this do they have like do they then require the grocery store like a you have to pay for them to shut down unless it's at night whatever b do they have to like i'm always thinking about these weird logistics of like how to actually make it happen because you know they're they smash into a a uh, like an aisle and a lot of chips fall off. Do they just charge MTV for everything that falls off the aisle and then MTV writes them a check? Or do they say, here's $50,000, whatever happens, happens, clean it up. We don't care. We're not going to do more than $50,000 worth of damage. Have at it. I was always curious about yeah. that because I bet you they have to pay a ton of money to do something like that. Mike, you're asking a really good question because the money is probably a huge part of that. I mean, but you're really opening a can of worms by bringing this up because I mean, like, how, how do how do you think Guy Fieri has a whole show based in a, in a grocery store, you know, season well, after least... season of people competing <laughs> in a grocery store? That's and on true. that note, how how does anyone even let Guy Fieri anywhere near a camera lens for that matter, let alone a, a grocery store Man, or other human met, beings? Have you ever met the people who are like big Guy Fieri fans? Like big like if you say Fieri, they're the first ones to be Look, like, uh, excuse me. Excuse I don't know me? where Fieri? you've been hanging out in your spare time, but uh, <laughs> Las Vegas and Florida. Yeah, <laughs> those are the two places. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. you win. And Flavortown. Sorry, I'm a I'm a permanent resident of Flavortown. You're probably right. They probably have to, you know, they probably have to uh, slide some money under the table to let these grocery store segments happen because, yeah, you, you know, you, you're inconveniencing the public at that point, and yes. grocery stores take a long time to set up and shelf and face everything. So. Yeah, but there you go. We've got the food. We've got to bring it back home and uh, get ready for our family reunion here. We've got uh, the transport to pick up mom's family, and don't forget the prison bus to pick up Bam's family from the power plant. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got to say, when we meet uh, Mum Mum in her house, mom, mom. they they rant about the carpets not matching anything else. Um, but I just got to say, Mum Mum, she seems deeply disturbed. And I mean, not just from this interaction, but just in general. You know? Yeah, well, you she, if you if you recall earlier in the episode, Bam tells a story, you know, when they're talking about family outings and all that. And, and I think it was when Ape was like, why do you want family drama and this and that? And and uh, Bam was told a story about how Mum Mum fell like fake to fall and pretended to be all outraged about it. Like at Christmas, do you remember him telling that? I and I'm like, so. OK, so I already have some context to what Mum Mum's all about. Uh, and then as soon as they start talking, you know, she's like, she's got some shit on everyone. And her big thing is I'm going to cut you out of my will. And apparently she's cut everyone out of her will for things like sleeping with someone before you're married, uh, <laughs> not calling uh, on, on Thanksgiving or some shit like that. Like that is her go-to. I'm going to cut you out of the will. And you look at her, you look at her stuff that she has with the carpet that doesn't match anything else and the shitty furniture all over the place. And you're like, Maybe you don't want to inherit any of that stuff, especially with all the radiation it's probably carrying from the power plant. I wonder if there's like one Margera family member left over that was good enough to pass the will test oh. and is going to inherit everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all three mismatched couches. Yeah. They'll inherit all those. Uh, uh, even, but Phil handles her so well. I think this is yeah. Phil's mom. Um, and, and he knows all of it. Like he just, Phil just seems like the reason he has patience for Bam is because his family is so fucked up and he ended up being the kind of only normal one in it. 
Yeah, and you know, you, you might be onto something there. He he is a little bit empathetic. You know, you can tell he's he's got a he does handle her well, like you put it. And I I feel bad just ragging on someone's family who I've never met before. But yeah. I also got to say on the other side of that coin, maybe maybe don't put him on TV. You know, maybe. <laughs> I also honestly here here's where we can start talking about this. I don't think they wanted to be on TV for the most part. Yeah, like, probably. Mum, mum. One of the things about her is she doesn't swear. And so clearly she's had some issues with Bam. I bet you she hates Bam. And I bet you part of this party was put on so that Bam could be like, oh yeah, you hate me so much. Look at everything you hate. Look at what it got me. Like that feels like what Bam is bringing to the, literally bringing to the party in this one. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's it just feels a little uncomfortable at some points. Like he's, he's inviting them to play a game they never wanted to play and then bragging about the fact that he won. Yeah, totally bragging about it. Like, and we're going to get to that. <laughs> There's a very... There's, there's some bragging to come from Bam, but, I, you know, speaking about, yeah, we are making fun of family members and stuff here. We're probably going to do it at least a few more times, so oh, buckle up, everybody. Oh, we're not stopping. Uh, we're not stopping at all. No, no, it's fun. We're having fun. <laughs> Everybody's having fun. Listen, the last five minutes of this episode is just shit unfolding, and you can imagine. Uh, <laughs> Pat from jail is here. Ah, fuck, oh, who invited him? Pat from jail. Is it weird to say that I think he somehow got the looks of the family? I mean, it's not a huge bar to meet, but like he he it looks kind of normal. And I'm like, wow, where did that come from? And yet Does, he ended yeah. up in jail somehow. Well, Pat from jail is like, he's two things. He's kind of like a combination of many different Margera elements, but he's also what Tom Green would look like if he was unironically trying to play a Margera and they asked him <laughs> to put on, you know, a few extra pounds for the yeah. role. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I was getting. It's, I could see that 100%. Mum Mum's at it already. Why do you always have to be drunk, Pat, from jail? I haven't been drunk in 11 months, so at least he's been counting. That's <laughs> that's good. That's the road to recovery. No toilet Pat. wine for him while he was in jail, yeah. Yeah. It's not long before Compton Ass Terry shows up in arguably the loudest possible manner that you could. He's riding an elephant. He's coming in with all the bling. He's decked out. He's looking good. And he's on an elephant. And I just immediately thought of Apu in that episode of The Simpsons where they oh, bring an yeah, elephant yeah, to yeah, the yeah, wedding. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know why that's the first thing that popped in my head. But well, how go. often do you see someone riding an elephant in modern popular culture? It just doesn't happen very. We don't have that many references. Apu in The Simpsons, there's one for you. That's, that's where my mind's going. Yeah, that's, that, I probably shouldn't dig too deep into that one. There's probably a lot of problems with that. That's episode. another, that, that, that <laughs> one becomes an issue as well. I've been going back and rewatching some of The Simpsons. They get a lot right, but they also get a lot wrong. I mean, hey, I already mentioned Guy Fieri on the show, so I think we're in hot <laughs> enough water as it is. I better I better cool it a little bit here. Uh, a, a hot water, beats. that's where he boils his hot dogs. Yeah. I don't know, what, I don't know what, what Guy Fieri makes. I'm not sure. Well, everything he touches, uh, he's kind of like that old uh, parable of the king who everything he touches turns to gold, except uh. when he touches things they turn into crispy, deep-fried, battered <laughs> uh, food items. And uh, they grow a little goatee as well. So uh, there you go. Have you ever seen a chicken strip with a goatee? It's a sight, let me tell you. Uh, now, a wild beast with a floppy trunk attempts to cross the drawbridge here, and uh, so does the elephant, too. Hey, I like it. I like it. I like it. That's a Don Vito joke, baby. Yeah. It was a Don Vito joke. Uh, listen, uh, putting a rabbit head or something on Vito, it's one of those like stuffed rabbit costumes, and he's battling with the knights of CKY. He's, that, that man has a stick. He's not getting up off his chair, but he does have a stick, so don't get too close. You're in the yeah. danger zone. 
This this was a weird one because like obviously we know what we know about Don Vito now, so like fucking have at it, smack him around as much as you want. But before we knew that he was an atrocious human being, um, this felt very awkward to me. Like like imagine imagine this is your family party, Jay, and you have like a, a an uncle who's kind of not all there. Like Don Vito's not all there. We know that, and all of a sudden the young kids in the family start coming in and beating him up in a way that is clearly taking advantage of him. And you look around and mum mum is not impressed because that's her fucking son. Like mum mum, they try to paint her as, as a, a, an imbecile in this one or kind of like a, like a, a hard ass stick in the mud. But like, I don't blame her for being upset at this party at all. If I were her, uh, which hopefully I never am, but if I were, I'd be miserable as well. Yeah, no, I feel you. She definitely is standing up for her family to an extent. And I think part of the frustration that's coming from mum mum is seeing that, yeah, she, well, she knows it's a it's a circus here, and she doesn't want to get taken advantage of, nor does yeah. she want anyone to. And I I totally picked up on that as well. Um, and you do feel a little bad for Mum Mum, but at the same time, she just seems like that kind of person who like is just looking to to have an issue with someone. A hundred percent. I think I think she she's the kind of person who doesn't know emotion that exists outside of conflict. And therefore, she's always trying to create conflict. So she probably loved this. This watching this party felt like a bizarre episode of the show Succession, where there are no likable characters and too much money being thrown around that I wouldn't even know how to begin yeah. to amass it all. Like it was, it was like, like, like if 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 there were uh, a kid in Succession who just who 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 branched off from the family with all the money and was just even more of an asshole. That's kind of what we were witnessing here. Yeah, and it's really hard to feel sympathetic for some of these characters, even though you might want to at for first anyone, glance. Except but Ape. it's like I like Ape is always good yeah, in my she's books. Always yeah. Good hearted. And I mean, maybe that's why they didn't have the spotlight on Ape's family very much at all in this, because that's they were point. probably well mannered and just trying to get by and, you know, not piss anybody off. And and maybe even said, like, hey, like we get it, we're here. Thanks for the invite and everything, but this isn't our style. Like you guys do your yeah. thing, but please don't include us too much in it. And I, I bet you behind the scenes there are those conversations that go on between Ape and, and Bam. Like Hey, I get it. You need to, that, that's how you make your money is making fun of the family, but I will take the brunt of that for my family. Her as ape, uh, leave the rest of them out of it. They don't want any part of it. Yeah. This, this is kind of like going to a funeral of someone you never met for the food. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which I do all the time and it's always not worth it because funeral food sucks. Well, I mean, you don't want to get, you can't do anything too exciting. You know, it's not like True. we're doing, uh, hey, hey, mojitos and tacos. <laughs> <laughs> That's the party that I want to have at my funeral. I will make a, a, a an attempt to go to Guy Fieri's funeral, though, because I can imagine, ooh, he's going to take us to Flavortown one last time. Yeah, and wait till you go see that crispy fried coffin they got him set up in. That's <laughs> Be no. Oh my God! No, he, they put him in a coffin. They and then instead of lowering it into the ground, they lower it into a deep fryer, like it's, like it's French fries. Oh, oh God! I hope so. He's the. Oh, he's the. Oh uh, my God! He's the cheese inside the. Uh, the jalapeno popper. I love it. All out of the like the bubbling oil. Once he's out, you just see like the glasses float to the top and just kind of rest there, bobbing up and down. Like his his glasses that he wears upside down on the back of his head, as though it's jewelry. Oh, fucking hell, man! Couple, have an assortment of dipping sauces at the table up front. Everybody, <laughs> everyone, reach in and grab a finger, a Fieri finger. Oh God. Oh, we should just we should just do a f podcast on uh, let, let's start grocery games next week. Fuck this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm into um, it. Listen, man. I we're almost at the end here, guys. This has been 
a little chaotic, a little little depressing. It's not the kind of party I'd want to be at, but uh, we got to have some fun with Vito before we we wrap it up. Uh, they've got the head of a, what is this, a cow, a goat, a pig? I didn't see what it was. I think it was they, a pig, yeah. A yeah. pig head. They, they want him to eat the eyeball, and Mum Mum's not having any of it. She's getting upset. Um, it's not long before they get him chugging some beers out of the big, you know, medieval-style tankard. Yep. And uh, she comes up and says, you're going to kill yourself from overeating, says Mum Mum. And he's, you know, he's like, ah, nobody ever died from chugging two beers. And he's probably right. <laughs> he's probably but, right. Uh, we didn't see what he chugged before then, but still. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like this is the point where I saw Bam standing up in front of the crowd. He's holding his beer up and he's kind of like got his arms out like, look at me. Look at what I've created 100%. here. 100%. And yes. this is the moment where I was kind of like, what are we doing? What is this? You know? Yeah. I don't it need felt this. very much like it was in for himself. And then we we focus on Mum Mum passed out in the forest, like p- passed out from alcohol in the forest and just complaining about what's going on. So she's clearly been drinking as well. And it just feels yeah. like don't air your dirty laundry in front of every like that's what this felt like. Like, like I get that you guys probably have a weird family dynamic, but Bam, you didn't come across as cool in this. You you came across as like as punching down, I guess would be the term for it. Like go back to your hometown and and make fun of the family that that was around you. They probably gave him a shit childhood because he was probably very different from them. Like, don't go rub it in the face. It, it just feels like it's beneath you. I don't know. I didn't love that. Yeah. No, you're right about the childhood, dude. There's so many issues in that family that it, it would be, it's like a minefield. It's almost impossible to come out there, out of there, like healthy and well-adjusted, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. It's just the way yeah. it is. I mean, like, and hey, there's a lot of that all around the country. It's just not everybody's putting their shit on TV, like I said. So, True. Um, yeah, you're seeing a lot of it here, but uh, Mum Mum is in the bushes yelling hysterically, like you said. Uh, this whole family is crazy. And as they get her into the van for her last line, which I feel a little bad, but I had I had like a little bit of a chuckle just because of the way this is phrased. She says, put that on your MTV movie. <laughs> well said. It's so good. Like everything she's saying, she is not wrong. Objectively speaking, this family's crazy. A hundred percent. You're right about that. You are correct about that. Put that on your MTV movie. They will. And it'll, it will, it will draw attention. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. No, not at all. And uh, as she drives away, we uh, put an end to this madness and we come back after the party for a little bit of a Compton-esque Terry outtake reel, I suppose. Um, I don't really know where this fits in. Again, it's just B-roll they had. They're like, let's put it in. We need to fill time. So exactly, it's basically just him walking around with his his boxers up uh, at waist height and his pants down to his knees. And and, uh, Ryan Dunn goes, ah, 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 (laughs) for... uh, good 30 seconds and it's uh weird, man. it's weird really weird bam comes outside you know it's you can tell it's the morning after everybody's a little hungover you know uh he throws a beer half full beer out because he's he's that cool that he's like look at me so littering cool. on camera look at me wasting beer on my own property they get a complaint from the city here he's holding a letter it's a violation if you will um, Concord Township zoning violation enforcement notice. An elephant was reported. Uh, $600, please. $600 for an That's elephant. That's it? Yeah, I know. That's I thought the it? same. If someone can afford to bring an elephant into their house, $600 is nothing to them. Like, how do, also, where do you come up with that number? 
You just like, like, do you have it written down? Like nowhere in the rule books. Does it say you can't like a dog can't play basketball? Like where in the rule books does it say <laughs> a dog can't play basketball? Wait a minute. What? Line <laughs> <laughs> like, from Airbud. Like nowhere in the rule books does it say a dog Wait, can't play what? basketball. You've never We're seen that in Airbud? Air... Yeah, I know. But how is that relevant? <laughs> because, because at some point someone had to be like, yo, they had an elephant over at their house. Like where in the rule books to that township does it say you can't have an elephant? Was the elephant Somewhere... playing football? I don't understand. It's just it's just the fact that there was there a rule that dictates no elephants in the house? I guess. You know? I don't know. It's animal doing thing. It's 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 dog playing basketball. It's elephant crossing moat. Like all Look, of this stuff it feels weird that they have a rule against it. If you want a rating for how I thought how I felt about this episode, let's compare it against Airbud for a moment, shall we? Okay, I'd uh, love to. What the quality of the, this episode, the quality of it as an episode, as a as a visual product that you can watch. Uh, let's keep in mind that Airbud was once the movie that uh, reached the status of coming free in a box of Lucky Charms <laughs> on DVD. I think I'd watch Airbud before I'd watch this episode. Just saying. It had some moments. I liked the bits with Compton Ass Terry. Like when he was Robin Williams and Robin Williamsing himself and just being frenetic and energetic and improvising and making everyone laugh, loved that shit. But when they tried to take control and give a narrative to this episode that just felt bizarre to me, didn't love it too much. It had its moments, but like this is a forgettable episode for sure. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. It it did have moments. But yeah, overall, man, I don't know. I, I guess you thought you thought seeing Bam's family was going to be this entertaining, you know, laugh out loud thing. And then it's, it actually just leaves you feeling kind of depressed. Um, yeah. Kind of makes me, leaves me feeling like I need to just go out to a, the closest fast food guy Fieri joint and uh, get some chicken strips <laughs> and uh, extra goatee on those. I think this has been a fantastic time speaking with you here today mikey despite oh, yeah. the circumstances we find ourselves in a little bit of a depressing episode uh we're down one member but uh hey you know what we made it through and uh we will live another day i will note here before we, we cap it off bam also had one more piece of paper in his hand at the end of this it was a thank you note from the neighbors which i think was probably just a you're no longer in the will note from mum mum that Mom, he was Mom. passing off as a thank you note from the neighbors. A hundred percent. That's just my take on it. And that's my take on this episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Jackass. This was this was fun. Next week we'll be back on to uh, Wild Boys as we as we do. Um yeah. Find us where, Mikey? Where where can people find us? At Jackass Pod. You got Twitter, Instagram. You can email us, jackasspod at gmail.com. And once again, guys, if you're list if you can hear my voice right now and you haven't gone over to iTunes to give us a rating and a review, please do so. Uh, it, you know, it, it's the kind of thing I, I, I'm sure I speak for you when I say this, Jay. I fucking love doing this podcast. It's a ton of fun and we want more people listening. Uh, the only way that happens is if you, as the listeners who also enjoy listening to the sounds of our voices, uh, go out and do your part. Give us a rating, give us a review. It takes two minutes to do it. Do it right now. You have your phone in your hands or maybe you're, you're in front of your desktop and you're listening at work or something like that. It really, really helps us out. Don't make me fucking beg. I'll beg. I'll, be I'll get on my knees right now and I'll fucking beg you. Just He'll do please, it. Please, please do it. <laughs> okay, that's it. <laughs> and then the reviews will say, Mikey begged me to write this. Hey, guys, leave a review that says Mikey begged me to write this. Okay. I'll be happy with it. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, all reviews should start that way. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I have much more to say on that. Uh, I'll, I'll beg you to please uh, 
take us away here because I, I don't want to think about this episode anymore. And I hope the next Viva La Bam is a little more uplifting. That's all. That's yeah. my, my, my wish for, uh, for the next one. And, um, until then guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of Jackass. I'm all out of shit to say. So, um, bye. I'm Jason Wellwood. Bye. I'm Mikey Aaronworth. Bye, bye, I'm Chris. Oh, bye, Chris. And this has been Jackass. <laughs> You're thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs>